You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Hi, welcome to another episode of XOXO After Darkcast. I'm Abby. I'm here with Lauren and special guest... Uh, co-host diana usually she's hiding in the back doing all our uh please look this up duties but uh kate is away today and so diana has stepped up to the main mic we are going to talk with uh best-selling romance and suspense author jt ellison uh in just a little bit her book no one knows is out in paperback right now and it's terrific and i'm not saying that just because i had a little hand in its editing when it was a hardcover um so we're excited to hear from her about that and we thought that uh it would be great to talk about suspense and uh romantic suspense and generally you know uh what what makes that such a compelling genre before we do, let me just point you to our lovely site, xoxoafterdark.com, where we won't keep you in suspense too long about all the good stuff we have. We have all sorts of free reads. A new one is featured every week, and they each are good for 30 days. You can read them in any browser. So go ahead and check that out. We have contemporary romance, historical romance, all sorts of good stuff. We have an excerpt up from V.C. Andrews right now. Some might call that a sort of romantic suspense in a way. Some might be like, it's not so much romance as completely whacked out, but it's pretty cool anyway. And of course, if you are a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that at the moment we are doing a Judith McNaught read-along with Whitney, my love. So look for our hashtag Whitney Wednesday and join us on Twitter to talk about this great book. We're celebrating the fact that a whole bunch, more than a dozen Judith McNaught titles are now available for the first time in E. And Whitney, my love is only $1.99. We wanted to make it really easy for you to join the read-along. And you can go see all the details about that on our site. Hold Again, on and don't be afraid to go to our site and say, if you had another favorite by Judith McNaught, <laughs> like I did, Almost heaven. Sorry, I'm certain I'm, like, co-hosts <laughs> are underminers, <laughs> and I am not having it. Certain co-hosts have read every single Judith McMont ever published because she is the greatest. I know that must be why you can't remember which one's the best. Oh, oh burn my no, drop! It's not the burn. <laughs> Feel the burn almost heaven when they vote for my book. Uh huh. We'll see about that. That's a little side bet, by the way, I because know. we're all reading along with Whitney. My we love. We are in. Including our um, one-time co-host uh, Ed Schlesinger, who joined oh, us yes. on our Halloween podcast. Um, though I, he did, and I know he has it because I saw him reading it he last did night. Get out! Yes, I can't wait. He he has some qualms. Oh, he does already. <laughs> oh, well, wow. um, you know, the jump from horror to uh, hardcore golden age historical romance is a great is a large leap. Yeah, but, but I, I count on him to make it. I know, I can't wait. Well, let's jump into talking about suspense today, because no one knows JT's current book is a suspense novel and a really great, dark, twisty one. But uh, it's also really relevant to fans who like romance, because romantic suspense is, of course, a huge huge category. And there's just something about the woman in jeopardy, especially, that really seems to get people. Um, Why do you think that is? What is it that people like about it? Well, in in, in pertaining to romance... um, I never really enjoyed the fantasy of like being saved, but I did love a real strong cop who came in there and like 
does kind of sort of save the day. Like, mm-hmm. I fell in love with two particular books for me, and I wouldn't consider one of them romantic suspense, but technically, I guess you could really make a case that it could be. Mm-hmm. One would be Linda Howard. I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to work with her years ago, and she I'd read a lot of her, but she wrote a book... Um, Mr. Perfect, which is one of my all-time favorite romantic suspense. It is so good. I mean, so good. And it, it they're really, I mean, it, the genre begs a really alpha, strong, smart, dominant hero who can protect. And I, I don't know, that's hot. It just is. Uh, the other book I was going to mention before I let you guys react would be Rachel Gibson's It Must Be Love, which I actually make all prerequisite reading for any of my assistants um, mm. to read because I think it's a perfect dynamic of fish out of water. Um, and it, uh, he's a cop. Um, contemporary romance. But uh-huh. I think, again, she's She's in jeopardy at some point. So I, I, again, I love I love this whole genre, and I mm-hmm. love the heroes in it. I guess I like a cop. Who knew? Well, you know, you love an alpha, and I think it's funny that you're like you love the hero part, and you're like, but of course, I myself would never require rescuing. Exactly, I really <laughs> would. <laughs> well, you, yeah, but I like all the trappings of he could if he needed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do like a uh, uh, remote hideaway safe house moment oh. like, it's almost like my favorite part of the romantic suspense story is the the secret downtime or yeah. the here we're jumping we're, we have to impose as a married couple on this cruise that's so good. you know like I love that part and the, the guns and shoot them up in the actual running I'm like that sounds like a lot of cardio you know? see I like that part that's yeah. the part that I really like um, and I think I also like the thriller side of it or the suspense mm-hmm. side of it is that you um, as a reader want to try and figure out what's going on and I think one of our coworkers said it like you want to figure out what's going on, but you also want to be tricked, but you don't want to figure out too soon. Oh, good one! Right? So you like yeah. that? Like um, I'm smart enough to know what's going on, but also I kind of don't really want to know what's happening. Well, um, Diana, what was the last book that got you? Like, what were you surprised by? Can you remember? Um, I don't know. I guess I I don't I will TV. I don't know. I have to think of what I've been reading. Um. Well, come back to it, yeah. but I think it's it's. I mean, the book that got me in the when I was really really young is uh, my mom had left a mass market of Sydney Sheldon's Best Laid Plans. Oh, <laughs> Sydney Sheldon, classic. Yeah, and um, I it had like a little bit of sex in it, which like titillated me. Uh huh. That was like As we all been. yeah. So that and then just like that twist in there, I can't even remember what the twist was, but I just remember being so floored by the fact that like I didn't even see it coming. I was so blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I've always responded to you, um, thriller, romantic suspense. And I love J.T. Elson's. No one knows. Like, I mean, Abby knows the entire marketing team was obsessed with J.T.'s book when it first ah! came out. It was really exciting because yeah. I was I knew that I liked it, but I uh, one of my perhaps weaknesses as an editor is sometimes being like, "But what if it's just me?" Yeah. and and not necessarily having the. Uh, the courage of my conviction as much as I could be and then the marketing folks were all reading it and they were all coming to me being like oh my god but the end but so I'm excited that we'll talk to JT about that and about tricking the reader and how much is uh, too much or is just the right amount and I think it's funny what you were saying you found you found this book when you were sort of younger and so it blew your mind because of course now we've read so many and it's like we've read so many romances that we say with love, of course, secret baby plot, or oh right. yeah, fish out of water, right? And the, you know, the same way someone who watches a lot of um, 
thrillers or whatever it might be. Oh yeah, Evil Twin. It's gonna be an Evil Twin. Right. Or I haven't been. I can't remember. I don't know one romantic suspense, not straight suspense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Romantic suspense and JT is more suspense. Yes, right. she's this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straight suspense. I don't know of a romantic suspense that has tricked me. Well, like, there's. I'm I not haven't. sure the goal is the same. No, it's when not it, in romantic. Right. It's, it's not because you have to balance both of them. And that's one of the things that hard. When we talked to Laura Griffin, one of the things that right. I know she cares very much about is keeping the romance and the suspense realistic, and yet making them both satisfying because you want the relationship to grow. But she's also like, look, if you're on the run from armed killers, you can't really be like, so let's have a candlelight dinner and just sit and talk to, about each other for hours. You know, exactly. You're like gotta go maybe we get this boxed up (laughs) well you know it's so funny you should say that and I say this in a good way Karen Robards I was so lucky to work with her because she's such a pro and I love her books like love 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 her books Um, Walking After Midnight again another hot uh, cop hero best book ever but she did a book and I I can't even remember the name I think it was Shiver but (laughs) she had them they're up in a deer Uh, oh like a blind Uh you know what you're hunting and you're Mm -hmm. in a and you're in the post that looks out over the forest. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm like, when are these two going to have sex? These hero and heroine. I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And, of course, they have to huddle up there for warmth right. on it's the chilly, run. Chilly up there. And, the of course, post. that's where it happens. And the point is, I, I, you can't fit that in, or you, maybe mm-hmm. you can, into a regular suspense. But I do think it's a delicate balance. And... It was perfect. It was exactly what we needed right at mm-hmm. that time. We needed a break in the tension. Okay, they you were need to catch your breath. Exactly. You needed to catch your breath. Mm-hmm. Have a little fun. And then go on the run again. But it it, it really does. You need a, a right balance for that. Yeah. I'm always really fuzzy, to be honest, which is maybe embarrassing to admit because I was an editor for so long, that for me, the whole like mystery, suspense, thriller line, I tend to use them a little carelessly. And I know authors who write in those subgenres um, are much more articulate than I about the distinction. I between mean, between mystery and thriller, be- between mystery and suspense and thriller, and I, you know, I mean, thriller is sort of a, it's more actiony, and you, it, the secret is not who done it because you know, right. and it's more about how will you stop the world from burning, mm-hmm. right? And I agree. You know, mystery is a real kind of here's a puzzle here's and your let's box. unpack it, and then suspense for me is my kind of catch-all when I'm like secretly I'm not really sure what to call this but it's got a it's got a secret that is kind of unpacked I'm, I'm calling it chased, suspense you know and I'm being chased <laughs> does it all have to be you're being chased though there's a jeopardy element I mean that's true but I guess there's you're um, being stalked we'll have to ask JT yes we because will. I would call no one knows suspense um but you know there's there's more it's in a way it's a kind of stationary book so well, well but you it. still don't really know see i would say more mystery right i because mean you don't really know what's happening. oh i can't wait to ask her yes we'll what, have to ask she we'll go straight herself. to the horse's mouth and do you say, have any help us. solid suggestions like books that you can say yes 100 percent. it's mystery it's 100 percent. for me mystery thriller. is agatha christie or yes. um uh cozy mystery or sherlock or holmes sherlock holmes where it's a lockbox. You're following a sleuth. Okay. Um, uh, like the new Robert Galbraiths, the uh, Cooper's I Calling. Yes. I haven't read, but probably. I haven't read yeah. either, but I would say I yes. I love them, so I would mm-hmm. say yes. Okay. Well, going back to, then what do you do with continuing characters? Like a Lee Child continuing character, or um, a John Connolly, or, you know what I mean? Like, the character that appears in many, many books, they're sleuths, but I would call them suspenses, because they're 
I don't know. I don't I think the continuing character matters because, like, Diane Mott Davidson, took a far cry from Jack Reacher. Is that the yum she's yum? She's the food. The food. Oh. Uh, no, it's yeah. not. That's the, ca- the cat. That's Lillian Jackson Brown. Diane Mott Davidson does. Uh, her her sleuth is an amateur and it's, she's a caterer and so mm. they all have food names so she's a recurring character she does every single one but um but that's it's mystery. definitely mystery it doesn't yeah. have to be but you can also have a continuing but character but i wouldn't consider lee child a mystery is what i'm saying right but i'm just saying it's not the continuing character oh, that right. matters it's like not. got it got it and they're all like pis or right got it got it if they're cozy they're not okay like that's one of the definitions mm-hmm. is they're an amateur but oh. there are plenty of mysteries where they are a p if they're a pi okay. or well if sherlock holmes is a mystery and he's not an amateur Right, he's not a cozy mystery. He's not a cozy, yeah, he's not a cozy he, he's, mystery. Oh, See, getting tripped up, I'm like, yeah, I get my, you. My first job was for a mystery editor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And JT has done and has actually ongoing series with, um, oh, she'll have to correct me. I believe one is a PI and maybe works with a federal agent. Um, on a different series that she does. So she's got her fingers in many, many pies. Well, but before we, we jump to JT, I mm-hmm. want to talk a bit about what's on fire right now. And that would be, let another subgenre to psychological suspense, yeah. which oh, yeah. is where I think Girl on a Train fits, mm-hmm. where Gone Girl fits, where In a Dark, Dark Wood fits. Mm-hmm. It's female protagonists, usually. Um, and you're either in jeopardy or you're again trying to figure something out there's an arc to the book that you're held it's more of a brain twist Mm -hmm. than i have to unravel who the killer was kind of thing that unreliable narrator is the key and there are a lot of women doing it now and i'm part of me is always like is this actually secretly anti-feminist where you know why are we tarring women as liars all the like we have that enough but um but it is kind of interesting to to see them have different agency, and then you're like, I some of these I love, and some of them I really struggle with because, and I guess it depends how well they're done. I'm like, are you just lying to the reader? Yeah. You have to be able to right. to yeah. make it to feel believe. fair. It's like Diana was saying, I want to be tricked, but mm-hmm. I also want to be able to figure it out, but not too early. That and the, I think the thing about the um, like, especially being in in a book and not in a movie mm-hmm. is. Um, and I'll bring, I'll use the girl on the train. You know, there's a lot of things that you can hide from the reader um, in oh. the page, you know, yep. because you don't see that person. You're and, not in that POV. Right. Mm-hmm. And, or or you give them another point of view mm-hmm. using someone else's POV. But in the movies, you can't really hide people, mm. you know, because you have to see them and you have to see the characters interact with them. And um, that's why Girl on a Train, the movie wasn't as great. Oh. I love, I really did love the book, but mm. the movie, you know, you can't hide the bad guy because he's around you can kind of change the, the camera point of view mm-hmm. and the perspective and you can't show him but you kind of it's it's more of a yeah. you can't do red herrings as well either no. yeah. and that book Girl on the Train specifically I really enjoyed it as well and one of the things I loved was the way she rendered our heroine sort of drunkenness right. like basically the way you perceive the reality mm-hmm. around you when you're four gin and tonics down right. and so you're like, what is she seeing? She's telling us what she's seeing, but can we trust her? Right. And right. I feel like you lose that in a movie when you, because you are by definition in this right. objective POV in a way. Right. Well, that also excuses me or the that protagonist of disliking her or the author for tricking you because right. she's impaired. Right. So 
do you believe right. or do you not? She wasn't it's, lying. Exactly. She just didn't That's know. That's the way she saw it. Yeah. Right. Um, conversely, for me, I disliked Girl on Gone Girl. Like, mm. couldn't. I saw right off the bat, big liar. Mm. Like, knew mm-hmm. the journals were fake. Figured it all out. The movie, on the other hand, maybe because I love Ben Affleck, but the movie, on the other hand, I thought did a better job right. of concealing that. Right. I don't know why. It just, for me, I thought it was rendered better. Mm-hmm. I, I like the movie where I did not like the book. Yeah, I didn't I, I wouldn't say either were particularly great, but gazillions of people yeah, proved what do me we wrong. Know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it like a lot of mm-hmm. people saw that movie and a lot of people read that book, and I'm glad for it. I never did see the movie because I, too, I didn't finish the book. Um because I think I had similar, to know. I was issues. like throwing it. I just the asked room. you. <laughs> I just was like, just tell me. That's the worst. Um, I didn't read it, but and I saw the movie. And then I was gonna read it before. I, I I was planning to see the movie, and then I thought, all right, I'll finish it just so I can compare. And then I never got around to reading the book, which meant I never got around to seeing yeah. the movie. And now I'm like, I guess I don't care anymore. <laughs> well, you know, back to the girl thing. Mm. I I shouldn't even speak of it, but I will because people love her, and my father loves her, Tanya French is psychological Tom. suspense as well mm-hmm. and into the woods i think is everyone's um, favorite in the woods in the woods in you the did woods this last time. yeah uh, although i was into <laughs> the woods is to grandmother's house like, oh. yes. <laughs> tana french wrote into the woods or wrote in the woods <laughs> uh, but the stephen sondheim tanya french <laughs> mashup will be ready oh, anytime see, i'm butchering it all over the place because i didn't actually read it but it's supposed to be great psychological suspense right. and yeah. is it a male or female I don't know because don't know. it always seems too scary. So I haven't read her. Yeah, I, I have a hunch that she's okay. too, too twisty for me. Or oh, it's supposed to be great. I have. I remember reading. Still, I'm. Well, we already talked about this. With I'm bad with horror, so oh yeah. I, I have. I have a very sheltered little backyard of reading that I like for when it gets dark. Right. But um, because there are some. I remember just reading. I'm not going to remember the book. And it was like a mass market paperback back when you could still do thrillers in mass market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in fact, I think it was when I first came into publishing and I had to read it as like an editorial test for a job that I did not get. Um, <laughs> I, but thanks a lot, mystery editor, who I can't recall, because little bits of this book have still scarred me. And it was just what was it? a stalker. Basically, it was a stalker story. You know, that that was really yeah. the popular trope for a while, where you would cut to the POV of the, of killer. the killer. Before, you you know, you didn't know who it was. You just... Yeah would be like a la oh, Hollywood husband I see her walking down the path at the park she comes this way every day at three her you know yeah. long legs and her blonde hair Mary and Higgins like, Clark does stuff. that too I think Robert Galbraith does that too yeah I mean it's Mary very Higgins and Clark sometimes it. it can be super effective it is and then this person though it was essentially they uh, I don't remember if it was all the way through but he was in part an arsonist and he wound up trapping a family like in their home and burning it down and it was oh. terrible I know it was really terrible and I was scared <laughs> um but, but you'll never forget it. But I haven't forgotten it, so <laughs> I've blacked out everything else around it. But kudos to you, mystery author with scary violent, uh, exactly scary violent thrillers. Death. <laughs> um, the other thing I really like in uh, like in book form is the inner monologue that you get because I think that that's oh. what makes you kind of really doubt, uh, or it really kind of mm-hmm. uh, makes you trust kind of the yeah the main character because yeah. you understand what she's going through, you understand the way that you go yes. around and around and around in your head about things, and mm-hmm. then also that's kind of you want to trust the person that you're hearing from so that crazy inner monologue where especially on girl and train 
where she sees the man in, with the red hair. Yeah. Like, I understand that. Like, I will see a man multiple times and be like, what the hell are you doing here? Why are you always near me? <laughs> but, like, in the book, it doesn't... In the movie, it didn't play as well because you just see this guy with red with hair, red hair sitting yeah. across the way. Um, and then I just finished reading... Actually, I finished reading Dark Matter. Um, oh, I heard great things about that. That's, I think that's the book that I was like, I did... Well, A, I don't understand the science, but I just did not understand the two twists that happened. But the thing that you I... You did when you read it, but you couldn't have guessed it. No, no, yes, that's what I meant. Like, I if I think if I understood, like, parallel universes or the fifth dimension more... Okay. It's my Star Trek well, geek in me. You'll get it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you do not. I do, too. Well, not Stephen Hawking understand. <laughs> Star Trek understand, I do. Fair. Yeah. Fair. That's what I mean. I mean, the dimensions thing gets me. Yeah. Wormholes. I get Right, em. and you're like, if I'm married here, here am I married... Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, so. I love... I'm so glad you brought up dark matter because I, it was I've so good. good it was things. very good i'm um, it's a male protagonist and then but the thing that i maybe i get i realized after i read it was um i think like worse things happen to the men in these books and i oh. think um, maybe writers stray like stray away from being as gruesome or as hard on the female characters like the stuff that he sees with um in the book is just really messed up and dark scary. matter yeah and in like girl on the train you know she gets kind of beat up and her body is like left you know the woman who dies Mm -hmm. her body is discovered but like nothing really scary or bad happens and i wonder if that's that's interesting like maybe women don't want to read about women getting that mutilated Mm -hmm. or violated Mm -hmm. because it is much more terrifying if you because you are a woman yourself but um Um, yeah i wonder if that's i don't know maybe we should ask jt i yeah i think so i mean i i think too it's um it's interesting to see i think as uh tv and film standards change and they start influencing books and i think you can sometimes go further on the page but i agree and even more than that i certainly what would about say silence of the lambs oh that's a male author and it's a male well wow yeah it's I a mean, male seri- serial killer. and then the question is Jeez. how is it described in the book like uh, there's stuff where you can them. Say, i know but like there's a difference between um but that's not happening to her saying and 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 we're following the one who gets away, mm-hmm. and and our heroine is actually the investigator, the, the, yeah, the FBI. not the victim. Um, but there's a difference between that and say, you know, when we were talking about the premiere of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and um, how very very gruesome that was, and how much they showed, and um, how that sort of changes levels of what you can get away with. So it's the same thing when there was uh, serial killer, psycho serial killers. Uh, with like sort of fetishy display kind of mm-hmm. you know all those but stories where they like they set their kill and they're like and I fanned out all the ribs around exactly. you like a like but a isn't that are you but I I too mm-hmm. I think what Diana was saying and I agree with her I do think it goes back to being a male female writer situation a female author tends to be less oh well I meant more like oh the, it, the because it's a female like a main character oh the female mm-hmm. main character. Like, yeah, or maybe it is an author thing. I'm not sure. Oh, it's a JT question. Yeah, I mean, and I think it probably just, I'm sure it's personal and some authors have different limits. But, yeah, I do think there's something, uh, we always joke that you can do anything to a human in a book, but don't, don't kill do the, the dog, dog. Yeah, right. you know. That is what we say. And I do kind of feel like there's levels of don't do anything to a dog, don't do anything to a child, you can go further with a woman. And you're probably right that people are like, well, he's a guy, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also think that they don't naturally get as fetishized as female victims will. Oh, I agree. You know? 
But that just because means men are creepier. <laughs> <laughs> I will say about Dark Matter, I was reading it at night, and Ooh. I there. I think you would understand if you read it, but I would wake up, I would dream about it and wake up, but still be in that phase where I thought I was still dreaming, yeah. and it really messed with my brain. Like, I was terrified on a level that's so psychological, not in like a, oh my God, there's a ghost or yeah, yeah, someone's yeah. breaking in. It was like more of like what being in my head. Right. It was, oh, it really messed me I'm up. I'm going to sum it up for you before we get to JT. It's about a quality of writing that painted such a picture that's that your good. mind went there. And yeah. that's why the redhead on Girl on a Train sucked because you'll never, movies are great, but people who have found that gateway into good writing and you don't necessarily know it has to be good writing or not. The point is it paints the same picture that a movie can do. And that's what a good book is, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like you were psychologically screwed from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to stop reading at night. Who's the author of Dark Matter? We might uh, as well shout them Blake, out. Um, Blake. Blake. I can't remember. Oh, my God. I can't we're believe looking. I remember. I haven't read it yet either. But no, I, I can have picture it on my, the cover. Uh, it's hot orange. It's hot orange. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, I, I read ebooks, So yeah. you don't like that's the pro- one problem with ebooks is you just open up to where you were in the book and oh. you don't always see the cover and the title. Oh. I mean, and the Blake Crouch. Blake, Blake Crouch. Crouch. Well done, Blake Crouch, for terrifying us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Um, Since we have many questions for JT, clearly let us take a little break. And when we come back, we'll give her a call and be talking to JT Ellison, author of No One Knows. Stick around. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. Okay, uh, we are back, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, the New York Times bestselling author, J.T. Ellison. J.T. is a writer of myriad series, and uh, including the uh, series that she's doing. Oh, I'm going to get their names wrong. It's Samantha Owens, and I've forgotten the partner. Taylor Jackson. Taylor Jackson, thank you. Oh, I was oh. like, <laughs> oh. yes. You're right. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, because I cleverly was like, I know JT's books. I love them. Did I write down all my notes before I left the office? No. Uh, but we are also particularly excited uh, for her new in paperback uh, this this week, last week. Last anyway, week. It's out right now. Uh, no one knows. <laughs> Came out in hardcover uh, earlier. No dates. No dates. Know. All right. No dates. It doesn't matter. Go get anyway, a copy it's right new now. It's new Go get a copy right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm falling apart, but we are thrilled to welcome JT Ellison to talk with us about uh, suspense and uh, dark and twisty endings and women in jeopardy and all sorts of stuff. So JT, welcome to the XOXO After Dark cast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> we weren't kidding uh, when Abby mentioned. We really did just have our intro discussion amongst the ladies. We're like, we have to ask JT. We have to ask JT. We have to ask JT. I and I, the one I really want to know is, because not only is she a great writer, she's brilliant. Um, what is the difference between mystery, thriller, and suspense? Can you do that? Can you tell us? Sure. See, I can't. Sure. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we, we, we couldn't. We tried. <laughs> Go for it. It's, it's really, it's somewhat simple. Suspense is dread mm. and a, a pervasive sense of dread that moves throughout the novel. Much more common to have a lay person, um, mm. extraordinary event, ordinary person. 
no one knows is suspense. Right? That's what that's what Abby said. <laughs> <laughs> so a thriller, uh, 9-11 is the perfect example for mystery and thriller. For a thriller, it, the book would start a week before the event the towers oh. fell mm. and you would know who the villain is you mm-hmm. would know who was trying to hurt us mm-hmm. and you would know that the hero has to stop this from happening mm. in a mystery it would start after as or after the event and then you have to try to figure out who did it so it's a who did it mm-hmm. versus uh, how do we stop it from happening and the suspense and the version is something is going to happen higher. <laughs> and the stake, the the suspense is something is definitely going to happen, and we know it, and we're we're fear we're fearful of what that might be. Uh, that is well, so much and, simpler than us yes, the way we well, chat. We were, well, uh-huh. wait a minute. What about mystery? Oh, mystery is the is the uh, the towers fall, and then you try to figure out who did it. It's the after the fact. Oh, it's sorry, the after the fact who done it? Because yeah. we were like Instead Agatha of, Christie. And Lillian Jackson Braun are mysteries because it's almost like a whodunit. Well, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, we we got a little. We went on a little cozy mystery sidetrack in our earlier discussion, which <laughs> does not apply to your example at hand. I think exactly. Um, <laughs> I was like, why am I continually making myself look dumb here? As but I, I stop love, bringing it up. <laughs> I love though the notion that suspense is about dread. That's so simple, That's so simple. and so perfect. It is. It's that. You're waiting for the jump scare. You're waiting for the thing, the shoe to drop. But it's just when does it come? When does it come? Right. Um, right. So uh, you uh, have feet in many camps, as we've mentioned, and you're also familiar with writing romance, which is of course a core love of the XOXO brand. How do you know what a story wants to be, or you know whether it's going to pull you towards? suspense or romantic suspense or romance or do you start with I know what kind of genre I want to write in and that inspires the story or is it the characters well you know character is plot yes <laughs> I mean first and foremost you got to figure out what the characters are doing if it's, if it's a lone female there's not going to be you know a big romantic component no. unless she meets somebody and then that becomes you know, it's mm-hmm. whether the relationship is actually going to be a part of the the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the I don't necessarily set out knowing those things. Mm-hmm. I I don't like to plot very much, <laughs> and I really like to be surprised and figure if I'm surprised, you're surprised. Mm-hmm. But there, you you're know, there a are times when, like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm a pantser. <laughs> like, you wouldn't believe <laughs> proposals make give me hives. Yeah, That's not cool. A real but, writer can be a pantser, so don't fret. <laughs> that's good. That's good to hear. The, the idea of, um, you know, going into it knowing that the relationship... So with the series, it's different. The relationships are such... Mm-hmm. They move throughout in a standalone... It's a whole different world. And, you know, for no one knows, obviously, the relationship relationships is, is paramount. Mm-hmm. That is really what the story is about. Yeah. So it, it just depends. Yeah, the relationship in Norwin Knows is sort of both character and plot, I guess, right? <laughs> well, actually, I want to back us up a little bit and say for our listeners, can JT give us a little uh, a little capsule of what No One Knows is? Intrigue us. Let let them want to read it as much as we are. I mean, we love this book in-house, so let, let other people give us a little synopsis. All right. So No One Knows is the story of Aubrey Hamilton, 
whose husband, Josh, goes missing and is never heard from again. All she has is a pool of blood on the floor, and she is eventually arrested and put on trial for his murder, circumstantial case. That's all the backstory. The story actually opens the day five years later that Josh is declared legally dead by the state of Tennessee. And that sets in motion a number of things, including a very large life insurance policy that will come due at the end of the week. And she has one last chance to find out what happened to her husband, who was her knight in shining armor and her entire world. And she's just not been the same. She'll never recover from it. And then, of course, bad things happen. I love it. Actually, that makes me want to find out. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, you... That's as far as you can go before you just have to read it. That's, yeah, yeah like, that's as far as you go, and yeah, you're like, really you just is. have to read it. Before you buckle in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, are you, so when you started writing No One Knows, was it, did Aubrey come to you? As that Was that where you started with, you had a vision of this woman? Yes. Yes. I, I knew exactly what she looked like. She had curly blonde hair. She was a runner. She was kind of an adorable Montessori teacher who just everything about her kind of leapt off the page for me. And her grief was mm. was very, very tangible and very real. And that, I think, is something that a lot of people can understand and identify with, mm-hmm. losing somebody that you love, whether it's through death or divorce or however. You've lost that person that is the focus of your life, and suddenly you have to find a way to move on. And she doesn't do a very good job of moving on. Yeah. Yeah. She she's very much stuck in the in the moment of yeah. losing him. Yeah. Um, was she inspired for you by uh, a real life person or something that you picked up, or no? It just was um, your imagination <laughs> handed it to you out of whole cloth, and, or you can't say. <laughs> No, no, no. She, the whole thing came to me in a dream. Wow. 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 I know. I wish that would happen every time. It would make life so much easier. <laughs> but she, I, I was her um, in, in the dream. And we, my husband and I had gone to a uh, party, a bachelorette, bachelor party mm-hmm. um, at Aubrey Mills. And, and Opryland Hotel, excuse me, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we had been split up, and he, I was bored, I went to the bar, and you know, he sent me a drink, and it was really, how cool, how romantic. Um, that is so cool. Like I normally drink, which was, you know, that should have been, that was like the first little warning <laughs> sign, right? And, you know, I don't drink vodka, and it, yeah. was, it was vodka and tonic, like, why are you sending me this? Um, and then I went to look for him and couldn't find him. And, oh. and you know how dreams work. Yeah. I realized he was gone. He was gone. Mm-hmm. It was an anxiety and, dream. Oh, it was a total anxiety dream. And when I woke up, and I really felt like he was gone. <gasps> oh, that's and, the worst. And that moment of, oh, my God, my, the bottom of my world has fallen out. And I took that immediately and wrote it all down. And it became Aubrey. And those are the feelings that, that she has every time she wakes mm-hmm. up. Like, this is my life now. Um, unless it sounds so horribly depressing, it really isn't. I promise. No. <laughs> oh no, no, it doesn't no, sound. It's, it's not. But I do love that. It is one of the things that I love is that that moment that you capture of the the thirty seconds of waking thought, where for a minute she doesn't remember 
oh my god yeah. it happened four years ago you know like and it's like it's a new day and then it's the oh, oh it's, yeah yeah yeah. Even her, even her dog misses him. You know, know, that's all she really has left. She's had to move out of her house. She can't afford her house. Yeah, you know, all of the things that happen in this kind of situation. Not to mention being, you know, accused of of hurting him. Yeah. So you know that doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's fair, without giving too much away, to say. Poor Aubrey got some in-law problems too. Yeah, that yeah. mother is a piece yeah. of work. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, she's got a she's got a mother-in-law who absolutely despises her and would like to see nothing more than her destroyed completely. Oh yeah, yeah. and and you know Daisy is is quite quite a woman, and they have a very long history of animosity between them. Well, I think that's what makes really fun. Well, that's what makes a, a thriller, a suspense, or whatever you want to call it so good there's the element of being surprised or wanting to go on that journey and figure out what the heck Mm -hmm. and then there's those characters that make you love them you love you probably love aubrey and you're love to hate daisy and you know it's like Mm -hmm. there's so many different things to unwrap and to and to see i think that's what separates the good yeah from the great. And I think, JT, um, you did such a great job of pacing the book because you give enough of, like, what's going on in the present day and then you tease just a little bit of, like, the night that he went missing and, um, you know, in the bachelorette party that, like, you, it leaves you wanting more and so you're just, like, furiously re-read, like, reading, trying to get to the next spot. Did you cheat, Diana? Did you skip to the end? No, I never do. I never do no. either. Oh, but good. No, I <laughs> never do. But I wasn't yeah, monstrous behavior. This is not a book to cheat in. No, that no. Kind of takes all the wind out of the sails. But I, you know, the structure of it was an incredible challenge and, yeah. and really fun because I'm so used to writing a linear thriller mm-hmm. where you know A happens and B then C then D, and and in this book we do get to go back and forth in time and yeah. get to see what happened before and get to see parts of their childhood and, and how they became the people that they are, which leads to what happens and why it happens. And I just, I felt like that was really fun. I love yeah, a dual timeline. a much bigger element of mystery. And yeah. I, I bet, at least for some, I know it was for me when I first read the manuscript, I got to the end and was like, oh my God. And then I had to go back and read it again, basically, mm-hmm. because uh-huh. I was like, wait a minute. Does that, and you're like, oh, yeah, huh, I guess that tracks, you know, yeah, I was that really, worked. Um, well, is that, it's almost like, and again, I I haven't read No One Knows yet, but it's on my nightstand, um, it's almost like The Sixth Sense, where you're mm. like, does it fit? Yes. Did Can I stump her? And apparently yes. you can. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's it, that, that, there's no way she could have made that all work. It is the instant instinct, and then you go back and you're like, oh, now I know why they told us that yeah. bit. It's mm-hmm. really so good. Diana described it earlier when we were talking about uh, the pleasures of like a psychological suspense where um, you want to be tricked, but you also want to feel like you're figuring it out, but not too early. Uh, Absolutely. And, and I think this I mean, pays that's off that. Exactly it. You have to, you know, you got to pay attention. Yeah. In, the, in this book, you got to pay attention, and those are my favorite kinds of books—the mm-hmm. ones that I'm, I'm literally like, I know exactly what's happened. Oh my God, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. so wrong because the the writer has gone in a completely different direction, and that is—it's just the greatest moment ever when you know you have it figured out, but you don't. Right. <laughs> and that's you know, uh, there's a big payoff, and that's I really wanted a big payoff here. Yeah. 
Well, JT, so you also, Abby's alluded to the other things you do, but you also work with Catherine Coulter and the Brittany FBI series. Mm -hmm. So that's firmly, that series is firmly in the thriller camp. Yes. International, big international thriller, some elements of of the future, you know, it's Mm -hmm. totally different kind of stuff. Run, run, pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Well, I like to call them my my James Bond books. Like, now that I have them, because um, I'm lucky enough to work with her, uh, with JT now. Now she's mine, um, and yeah, mine, all mine. But I, I, I find them such like it, honestly, talk about turning a page. Like you are mm-hmm. whipping through this. It, the pace is nonstop. It's fantastic. I love where we go. I love what we do. Um, we like I, I just love the pace of it. it. It's really fantastic, and and I've never really enjoyed them. It was a real, it was really fun, and and I think that they are different. And now that you know we have our differences, no one knows is a suspense. Now we know what to call them all. exactly, and now <laughs> we know what to call them all. And it sounds like pacing is kind of a hallmark of a J. T. Ellison book. Absolutely. I think so too. Yeah. Absolutely, and how you know the pace dictates what kind of book it is. In a thriller, you have to be turning the pages. You have to be just flying through it. Um, for a suspense, I think you do have to take a little more time in a mystery even, you know, wow, wait a second, I gotta figure this out. I gotta go back and lay out the clues again. So pace is it's huge in these kinds of things. But the Catherine books, they're, they're so much fun. She's such an incredible writer. And and the two of us together are kind of combustible. Yeah, with ideas. you are. I mean, <laughs> you are. Two heads are better than one, and and we really have discovered that formula for how to really ramp something up into a huge story. And and they, you know, it's a much higher, more, much higher concept thriller than a lot of you know police procedural or anything with the FBI and the international settings and, mm-hmm. and all that. It's it's very cool. Well, very I, cool. I wanted to ask a little bit about setting because um, you are a Nashville gal and um, yeah. no one knows really, I, I think you could probably do a walking tour of No One Knows and there's a lot of real elements of Nashville in that book. And then you have this incredible international setting for your Britain, the FBI series. Uh, how do you use setting? How is that important in your writing? Like what is, what is the function of it for you? It's a character. Yeah. Setting is a character in and of itself, um, especially, you know, the Nashville book. Nashville is an incredible town with these wild dichotomies that you would never really expect because all anyone ever thinks about when they hear the word Nashville is country music. Yeah, yeah. And we, we have so much more than that. And when I very first started writing, I wanted to lay out the town that we know and the, the places that that we go to that not not everybody goes the local the locals nashville yeah it, you know it's it's a lot like what laura Littman has done with baltimore mm-hmm. and and the way that you know the town becomes a part of the story and the the history becomes a part of the story i wanted to take a story that could very easily exist in new york or chicago or la and set it in a southern town mm-hmm. that would just give it a completely different uh, patina really mm-hmm. um no one knows is, is the same thing. I loved setting it there. I loved being able to explore the town deeper yeah. in ways that, you know, the, the Taylor series doesn't. It really allowed me to, to move through the city. There are actually a couple. You can Google um, a No One Knows walking tour of Nashville. <laughs> oh, my that goodness. Awesome. That's so cool. People actually did that because 
it does it does really go throughout the town and and you can get to to know us pretty well reading these books and aubrey's a runner so it's a lot of it is done on foot we'll have to we'll have to google it and we'll um put a link in the uh post for this podcast so Oh, that would be great. People can follow along. Are you kidding? That's so cool. I would like to come to Nashville as well. I've been in Nashville. I loved it. Oh, it sounds so good. Great town. Just a great town. Um, I think uh, it is time, Ms. Ms. Ellison, for us to move to our true confessions questions. I Uh-oh. promise they won't keep you from running for office, but we like to cl- <laughs> we like to close our interview with a few quick and dirty questions just to get a vibe on our authors' personalities and uh, see if we can learn a little bit um, a little bit more about what makes them tick. So right. th- these are quick, just off the top of your head, and. Uh, um, I promise uh, they all should be pretty easy. So first off, uh, sweet or salty? Salty. Me too. Mountain or beach? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Do we allow a both? We made our last guest pick, even though yes. she was like, but I live near both. I'm not allowing one. If you only get one, JT, what you going to go with? Um, I guess beach. I was going to say, do it for Florida, man. <laughs> do it for Florida. <laughs> Beaching is. <laughs> Go with Florida. I'm all like, right. It's all good. Yeah, never never cross a Floridian when beaches are on the line. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about heels or flats? Flats. Yeah. Well. Unless if, they're Louboutin and then you can wear them. Oh. Not. Or not. How about <laughs> I, I tried and was like, failed. Look, if you're going to have to be running for your now, life. They actually do have have them that are you know like wearable. Oh really? I didn't even try again. Nope. Note to self. I'll send you a picture. (laughs) How about paper or ebook? Mostly ebook. Yeah, yeah. Because you're on the road all the time. I travel so much. I need room for the extra shoes. Oh well, that's fair. All I right. think we can all live with that. Decision. I almost that decision. booed you, but okay. I know, but ebook or yeah. shoe, ebook or shoes is maybe the if killer I'm at choice. Home, yeah, I mean, if I'm at home, I, I, I mean, my husband says you can't have bookcases in every room. <laughs> You're Why like, not? Of course, there's still walls, right? You're like, I can, and they look pretty. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can you name one turn on and one turn off of yours? Uh turn on. Fires, like fires on a nice chilly night. Mm. Oh, good one. Mm, that wood yeah. smoke spell. I haven't heard that yeah. one yet. Right that for a minute, for I me. thought we were getting a confession about something. I'm like, oh, maybe you I can't like, run for president. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a nice cozy fire. <laughs> um, turn off. Turn off. You know, I don't like boorish people. You know, that like to brag and like to, you know, make themselves look important and name drop. It doesn't work for me mm-hmm. at all. I'm, yeah. I like, I like really genuine people. Yeah. Like, life is better without boars in it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. All right. This should be a very timely question for you. What's your favorite road trip food? <laughs> that is a timely question. Uh, peppermint patty. Mm. Is that in your car right McDonald's now? McDonald's french fries. Uh, that I have eaten in the past hour, McDonald's french fries and peppermint patties, yes. because, you know, road trip equals treat your body like crap. Yes. <laughs> yes, yep. it does. I'm liking that combo as well. I feel like there's a sort of uppers-downers <laughs> thing happening there. That's, that's you got the, you got the, the salty and 
sort of sweet, but not overly, and, you know, a little bit of a bite to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then if you have to, like, walk right out of the car into your interview, you're still minty fresh. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't but you, you're a little greasy. <laughs> wow. I do love a McDonald's fry, oh. especially hot oh. out of the fryer with a, just a dusting of salt. Oh. All right, now so, I'm hungry. I don't, you know I don't eat them unless I'm on the road. It's oh, good. that's it's so good. good. They, yeah, they add a little bit of sugar, which is why they're so good. That's do they secret. really? Yeah. Who knew? Diana knew. To the oil or to the salt? Um, I think to the salt. I did not know. Mm. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's really true. I believe you. I believe you. You too. said it with such authority that I believed you completely. <laughs> that's the real revelation of the XOXO. Exactly. Yes, you heard it here first. In McDonald's fries. <laughs> Why you can't stop eating them. Right. Next week, what's in the filling of an Oreo? No. <laughs> Who um, cares? I scrape mine out. I, oh, that's the only part I eat. Oh, that's so funny. We can be Oreo twins. We could. <laughs> anyway, All sorry, right, we digress. All right. <laughs> what word would you ban from the English language? Moist. <laughs> yeah, it is a popular choice. It is uh, many yeah. people's choice. Yeah. Hate yeah. It. Yeah. Not my favorite. Nope. Not my favorite at all. <laughs> Fair enough. If you could do, if you could pay someone else to do one thing for you for the rest of your life, what would that task be? Oh, cooking. <laughs> That's cooking a good one. My meals. I, I mean, I like to cook. I like to cook a lot, but I, yeah, if I could have a chef, a personal chef to handle all that, oh, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm like, I want one so bad. I, know. Oh, I was you, like, oh, wait a minute. I, I have you, one. Yeah, you practically have one. Lauren's, Lauren's husband is an amazing cook and uh, we're always angling for invitations over there because we know that Rick is going to treat us right. Yeah. And Lauren will pour the drinks. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you'll be well <laughs> imbibed or you'll be well uh, liquored up, but you'll be fed because of Rick. <laughs> Thanks. That's, I mean, it's kind of a great state of being. Yeah, oh it God. is. Liquored up with good friends. And what full. What for from the night? <laughs> That's, exactly. That is aspirational. Absolutely. A fire. You could ask for a little A fire. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. All right. And our last question, and I'm going to make it a twofer because of today's theme. We always ask, what's your favorite romantic movie? And I'm going to add, what's your favorite uh, suspenseful movie? Mm, yeah. Ooh. Uh, favorite romantic Probably you've got mail. Oh, love that movie. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Um, favorite suspense. Suspense. Oh, wow. That's that's really hard. Um, or, or uh, a recent Julia one. Julia Roberts, where she. We just talked about this. Her husband. Yes. Oh, Sleeping with the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. Oh, that yeah. is a good one. Ugliest new yeah. love interest known to man. Uh, Sorry, Lauren has. Really? Lauren has. Um, oh come not, on! It's not Cameron Crowe. No, Scott Campbell issues. It's not Scott Campbell. It's not some Campbell. unknown. Do Campbell you know what Scott. It, Campbell it's Scott. not Campbell Scott. Who is the dude? JT. But it's not. I don't know. But it's he, not he, Campbell he, Scott. No, it's not. No, right. he's. He looks like he has me, really bad okay. hair. All right, and a beard. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so repulsed. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fine with facial hair. If I know. It's taken care of properly. JT, we the, have this we, debate often. I here. know. The, the, the beards are, are a hot topic on XOXO. And if <laughs> Kate were here, she would be signing on for Team Beard. But um, I'm a Team Beard. Yes. You're a Team Beard, too? Diana is also Team Beard. Uh, I'm not I've Team Goatee, either. Team Goatee <laughs> is still wrong. 
And Gordon, uh, Gordon, <laughs> Lauren Brooks, no disagreement. I was like, still wrong, but it's cute. You all keep on trying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, you know, that's what makes the world go around. It really it's is. Like the same thing. It really is. Absolutely. And this way we don't have to fight over guys. Exactly. We yeah, don't. Totally. Uh, all right. Well, JT, we're going to release you from your stint hanging out uh, uh, roadside to do this interview with us. Thank you so much for taking no time so cool. out of your day. It was great. And I feel like even liver than live somehow. Exactly. Like, it's like we might actually be reporters now. Or something. <laughs> Out in the in the atmosphere. I know. I know. Except we don't have to be in the atmosphere. It's the best way. Exactly. So um, you've earned yourself an extra. <laughs> you've enjoyed. You've, you've earned yourself an extra pack of McDonald's fries for that last stretch. And um, we will remind everybody to go out and pick up No One Knows. It is out there on sale now in paperback, and it is such a great read by the wonderful best-selling J.T. Ellison. J.T., thanks again, and uh, enjoy. It was great talking to you. Bye, Thanks honey. so much, you guys. Have a great night. Same to you, babe. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back. Uh, I love to, I love JT. I love that book. I hope everybody goes out and gets no one knows. And now it's in paperback. So absolutely, um, it's got that fab. Speaking of hot orange covers, oh, the hot orange cover, yeah, exactly. It looks fabulous. So I thought for our game to wrap up today, we talked about psychological suspense and girl on the train and uh, you know women in jeopardy. And one of the trends that you cannot have missed if you have looked at a book in the past two years is the girls. There are girls, girls everywhere. Gone girl, girl on a train. They're, they seem to be all over the place. So we thought for our game, we would test our own metal, and we're just going to do a little round rob and go around the room and see how many of these we can list. So all you have to do is um, mention a title that has girl in the uh, that has girl in the title. It doesn't have to be suspense; it can be anything. And when you choke or you say something that's not actually a title, Diana, we will ask you to look it up. If if we get to one and someone is like, "What? That's not a thing," um, then you're out. And uh, I am going to start us off having explained it simply by saying uh, Girl on the Train, because we've talked about it already. Okay. Uh, Gone Girl. Girl Interrupted. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo. (laughs) Um, All the Missing Girls. Girl Boss. Uh, The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Oh. Girlfriends. All right. Um, That's girls in there. uh, The girl who loved Tom Gordon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The other bowling girl. Good one. Girl with a pearl earring. (gasps) Um, uh, Nasty girl? Okay. Is it gal? I don't know. It is nasty gal. Look it up. Look it up. I will take Brief my lumps. Reprieve. I will take Brief my lumps if I'm wrong. Um, I will go. Um, Diary of a Young Girl. <sighs> I don't know why it's not working. Holy shit! I will. I will bow to public opinion if it. Uh, All right, I'll give it to you. You're out. Uh luckiest girl alive. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "There's one, dude. I there's know. so many. I know um, exactly that kind of girl." Oh. oh. Oh, oh. I'm like, 
Is there one Girls and Boys? I almost threw that out, and I'm sure that there's a title, but I don't know it. So that kind of felt cheap. Wait, is exactly that kind of girl, Lena Dunham, or not that kind of girl? Oh, sorry, not, not that, that kind of girl. girl. No, wait, no, wait. Okay, okay, but still. It doesn't matter. I already lost. Exactly that kind of girl is the one that we came up with. Right. <laughs> Oh, for Amy I'm, Schumer. I'm calling us a joint win. We um, <laughs> we might as well go back and we'll give a little plug to a Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo. This is Amy Schumer's yeah. memoir. It came out this summer. It's really great. It's and not a suspense. It's not a suspense, <laughs> but you can, um, the mystery is, what memoir would you write? And if you go to um, yes. Amy Schumer book.com amyshumerbook.com you can go ahead and uh, play with the Amy Schumer mem- memoir generator which will ask you a couple of questions and then show you with your own name on a book cover mm-hmm. just what memoir you should have written and uh, uh, exactly that kind of girl is one of your options right okay so let's say we're tied because absolutely you, we call it we'll we call gave it a you joint nasty win girls we, we can keep going no uh, well, Lauren's out, and we was and I was going to be out the next time you came around. I think I have of, one more. Okay, let's see how far I can do go. it. Bring it home. Um, the girl who played with fire. Mm. Done and done. Thank you. All <laughs> right, you can't do it. I oh please, I think. Girl, ding, girl, ding, girl. ding 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 ding. You said uh, all the missing ding, girls, right? Ding ding, I did. I you, ding, yeah. I did. Well, there's ding, the girls. Ding. Oh my god, <laughs> she wins. <laughs> Sorry, there's a very large spider that's real on oh. the TV. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I had to space out. So, long story short. Long story short, I lose. Diana wins. Diana does. Diana she gets it. She is the queen of the girls. Queen and, of the girls. Um, uh, we hope that we found some books that you like. you got some new reading to do. And uh, until we talk to you next time, remember, the, the best, best conversations, conversations. <laughs> happen, happen after, after dark. dark.